Well, good day. Once again, I have the privilege of coming to you with uh, one of my favorite people that I promise this is going to be a show that's going to blow your mind because primarily it's just going to reveal and remind all of us there really is power and potential when one person says, I want to make a difference. Or as the Bible says, Lord, here am I, use me. The lady I'm about to interview, I have watched her and I know that's her prayer. Lord, here am I, use me. And I want us to talk today, not only about an international conference that's gonna take place, connecting six nations, six continents rather, with one heartbeat, women all over the world, but I want us to look at how do you go to having an international impact and women praying of every tongue and uh, every color and every time zone there is. It's, I mean, it's just remarkable. And yet we know there's great power in a woman's heart. So I welcome to There's Always a Way to Diane Strack. Diane, thanks for being with us, carving time out of your busy schedule. And I'm very, very excited about our time together. Hey, sweetheart. I'm glad to be here. We we do know each other. I want everyone to know. <laughs> Long and time. I, 50 years, and I still have to get permission to talk on my own podcast. That's all I'm saying, but uh, I don't mind. Deanna, you have uh, been one of those that I, I mean this, that never really seemed to worry about who gets the credit. Uh, you seem to be just as fulfilled being a part of something, knowing you played a role in something, and whether it's your children, whether it's your husband, uh, whether it's uh, women you've met and served with around the nation or around the world, uh, or whether it's a woman who's been trafficked, you just seem to take great, great joy in saying, hey, man, we can do this. So I want you to tell all of our listeners and viewers a little bit about how Diane has become this uh, force, if you will. And I don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to walk us through how in the world did this desire, this belief come about? How was it born in you? Well, first of all, I've never gotten over, and I pray I never will get over, uh, sitting one day at a rock concert, Jethro Tull in Miami, Florida, at the age of 17, and the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying there's more to life than this. And I simply said all that I knew, which was, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. And my life was changed that night and I have never forgotten it. So that's step one in my life. Step two is I met this guy at a Bible study and he has always been a dreamer, a visionary, someone who operates without a net and just goes out excited and gets it done. So I've gotten to tag along with you, which has been really exciting and be a part of everything that you've ever done. So it's been a really uh, honor and privilege for me to get to come alongside you in ministry. So that's where it all started. And then uh, I think probably more than 20 years ago, 
I was sitting in a church service where you were speaking and I heard you say that you had been sexually abused as a young boy and you had never told me this ever. And I began to really to weep in that moment, but then the Lord spoke to me as you told your story of being the child of a single mom, alcoholic father. And I kept thinking to myself, where was the church? Where was the church? Because I know the, the church bus drove by your home every week. I know that the church was just down the street. You ended up actually pastoring that church. So it just kept hitting me over and over. Where was the church? And so when God gives you a vision, as you've taught me, it always means that you're to bring in other people. If it's from God, you can't do it on your own, right? You've taught me that. And so the Lord sent me uh, some very sweet people, some very wonderful, talented, uh, smart people, smarter than me. And uh, together we created New Start for Single Moms, which is an, just an amazing mentoring program uh, for single moms. And so that was my first adventure. Um, also, uh, he spoke to me about pregnancy centers. And so being at Prestonwood, which has been a great privilege for us, for both of us, uh, I was able there. Jack allowed me to uh, help start the first pregnancy center there, which now I think you can't even count the number of babies that have been saved. So I have just been in the right place. I think the Lord has just brought me people, brought me relationships, helped me to be connected to people who caught the vision. And that's what's happened when she loves out loud. Well, I really will. You, you said some gracious things. So I'm, uh, I'm going to have to be on my best behavior, which will be a surprise to some of those that watch and view and listen to this podcast. But I, I, really kind of got, I was so excited about this uh, prestigious interview that I failed to ask a question that I've opened every single one of our podcasts with one simple question. When And I've asked it of authors and influencers and, and uh, speakers and motivational people, educators, famous athletes, et cetera. I always ask this one question. What's the first thing that pops in your mind when you hear the phrase, maybe you read it or hear it, uh, but you, it goes across your mind, there's always a way. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase, that term, that philosophy? Well, you know, I have for the last probably five years or so signed everything in my emails, expect amazing. And my verse is Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything, you know, more than you can even imagine. And as I read that verse, it also, the, the second part of that verse that we often don't look at, it says that he does this by his Holy Spirit moving gently in us. And so taking on all of these big projects uh, that the Lord has kind of given to me, uh, has been there's always a way because we can expect amazing and what I've noticed is like it's often just like manna from heaven I like open my computer and what's happened is someone else has heard about this vision and they've caught it and so they're writing to me saying how do I get involved how do I help you and that's kind of been the story of everything I've ever tried to do as the Lord has sent someone to come alongside as my encourager. I just got off of a Zoom with uh, four women who I pray with uh, every other Thursday. And, you know, having those women in my life, having people who pray with you, this is just uh, fuel 
It's endurance, it's power, it's excitement, and it's what keeps us going. Let's go back in time just a little bit, because I really do believe that vision and what turned out to be a product that literally thousands of churches and individuals have used to touch many other lives, and that is a new start for single moms. And I want you to tell the story. I happen to have had a good uh, uh, view of how it got started. It was not uncommon for me to see you slip out of where you were sitting during an altar call or an invitation time and go and be with a woman, be counsel someone that needed some encouragement or help. Uh, so let's talk about the start. Now, by the way, how many weeks was that program for churches? Is it a 10 week program? And um, yeah, you can, we'll talk more about how you can get it because we're redeveloping all the uh, videos right now. But um, it's a 10 week program. But you know, I don't know if you remember how it started. And how it started was I had taken a couple of kids to the world's largest McDonald's here in Orlando. And we were up on the third floor and it was the game room. And I looked across, I mean, there's so many people you could hardly move. It was so noisy, so loud, but I looked across that room and I saw this woman playing a game with her little boy. And I'm telling you, the Lord said to me in that moment, pray for that woman. And, you know, I couldn't reach her. And, you know, it's kind of like, am I just going to walk up to her and say, I'm supposed to pray for you. But, you know, there's so many people, but I, I just kept in my mind, Lord, why would you say that to me? And what's just really funny is that a, about a month later, we went to an Orlando Magic game. Now there's 18,000 seats. I can't even count how many entrances and exits there are, but we walk into this Orlando Magic game and I see her. Again, I'm not able to get to her, but I see her. Now why I would notice her, not knowing her, but see her in this crowd. And the Lord again said, pray for that woman. Well, it was a few weeks later, you were preaching at First Baptist Orlando, and I was sitting there, and you're not going to believe this, because I think First Orlando at the time had 6,000 seats and probably, I don't know, 10 entrances and exits. She walked in and sat in the row right in front of me, and I mean, I had to just hold myself back the whole ser service, not to just go, hey, hey, I'm supposed to pray for you, but during the invitation, she walked forward. And I got up and slipped out and went down and met her and said, my name is Diane, and I've been praying for you for three months. And we sat down and I heard her story as a single mom of the abuse that she had suffered and what she had gone through, the sexual trauma that she had endured. And we prayed together. And out of that story uh, and out of your story, putting both of those stories together, uh, She Loves Out Loud, I'm sorry, New Start for Single Moms was born and it's still going on and what's just really wonderful is we tried it without mentors and as powerful the word of god is god's plan is we do things together we share with each other we hear and we listen to the stories and more than tell we listen and then we show the word of god and that's what we've been doing and some of these mentors have been going on uh, 15 years or more uh, working with these girls so i just praise the lord for that opportunity Talk about some of the, I mean, this is not just a Bible study where we pat them, on, pat them on the back and say, we want to encourage you, you can do it. This is a woman coming along beside another woman, but walking with her 
in some of the biggest challenges she may have. So not only encouragement and information from the scripture about how to have peace with your past and how to be set free, but there's a ton of very practical everyday wisdom, especially for single moms. That is a pretty overwhelming assignment to be a single mom. But give us an idea of a little bit of what went into New Start that makes up that program. So um, it really starts with chapter one is the story of Hagar and, you know, really discussing that some of us are victims uh, of abuse and some of us are our own worst enemy. We are the ones that actually created the situation by the choices we made. Either way, we read in this story of these women, Sarah and Hagar, where God's grace intervened and where he came in and provided. And so we start there, but we take them also that first week and hand them something called a dream worksheet. And the first week they look at us like, what is a dream? I'm just trying to get by in life. But as the mentor sits with them and teaches them, listen, you can expect amazing. You can dream big. You can pray big because God is a big, big God. And so we introduce that to them uh, when they come in and talk about their financial situation, which most all of them have. We talk to them about budgets and where to cut and, you know, give them practical help on moving forward. So there are the practical issues, there are the spiritual issues, and then we get into how to pray for your children because a lot of moms just really don't know. They're just so, you know, worried about every day, how am I gonna feed them? How am I gonna do this? Really to understand that a big part of discipline is praying and understanding why the discipline occurred. So we teach them that. So we go do healing of the past, we take them into being a mom in the present. And then we want to talk about their future. And their future is that being a single mom is not really your title. You are a woman of God. You're a daughter of the king. So you can't just address yourself as a single mom. You address yourself as, you know, God has a plan for my life. He wants to use my life. I can serve him. And yes, my family is maybe different, but it's certainly not loved any less by the Lord. And so we want women to know you are valued and that's what sort of led me into she loves out loud well one of my favorite moments is when uh you got to me as uh somebody that's always looking for ways to try to penetrate the darkness and to get opportunities you know to write a book or you know speak on a program or whatever you were given an opportunity kind of blew my mind. You wrote a track that mm. was adopted by the American Track Society. And, you know, I just got to tell you, uh, I don't like being shown up like that. No, but in all, in all seriousness. So talk a minute about how a simple track really became a tool that was been used all over the world. Yeah, that was a long time ago. In fact, um, it was a track for women, and I'm trying to even remember, it was about self, and we wanted to talk about um, really your image did not depend on what other people were saying about you and what you saw in the magazines you were checking out, and we took them through the gospel on this little simple track, but um, after I think it had been used a while by me and by our church, one day, probably five years later, I walked into another church where you were speaking, and there it was in the uh, track 
shelf. And I found out that, yes, literally they had picked up the track. I don't know where they got it from, how they got it. And they were using it and sending it, you know, out around the world, even in different languages. So, you know, it kind of tells me, and I think uh, I got some of this from you, when God calls you to something, you don't necessarily need to know what the end game will be. You just need to know you give everything you have into that call. You give all you can into that call. You bring as many people with you as you can, and then you watch what he does. And it's always more than you expect. It's always more than you imagined. And so I just continue to tell everyone I see and to sign every letter, expect amazing. The phrase I remember that uh, the Lord used uh, you and gave you many opportunities, but the message was the power of a woman's heart. Mm -hmm. And I want, and, and primarily, you know, we've had some, uh, a handful of incredible, uh, outstanding women on this, uh, pro on this podcast. But one thing I really wanted to share was because I want all of us that are in the people helping business, those of us that have a call, how do we make the world better? How do we make somebody's life better? But sometimes I, I want to just make sure that in all our busyness, we never forget the great power of a woman's heart, that they have the ability to not only move the king, as we saw Ezra do, uh, we, and shape history, as we've seen great women throughout history be mightily used. But we women can be used every day in every situation. But I've just always been fascinated by the phrase, uh, the power of a woman's heart. How did that you remember how any of that came about in your mind? I was doing, yeah, I was doing studies just on different women of the Bible. And just as you said, as I started looking through these women and, the, and I, you know, one of the things that really struck me was that most of them were very ordinary women. Uh, they didn't necessarily have special uh, educations or special backgrounds or didn't come from wealthy families. And so as I studied them over and over, the one thing that I saw they all had in common was a willing heart for God, uh, was just an open heart that said, Lord, I'm ready, use my life. And so as a result, all throughout the scriptures from the Old Testament through the New Testament, you will find women who were willing, I mean, Mary is an example of, you know, all the things that she faced, the fears that she faced brought us hope, right? So she faced um, being stoned. She faced her fiance just walking off. She faced her family just, uh, just saying, you're out of here. I mean, she faced being uh, outcast and alone and impoverished the rest of her life if this thing wasn't true, if what the angel said to her was not true. And so out of all those fears that she faced, she courageously believed because she knew that the God she served was greater than her fear. And out of that, out of her courage, look what we got. We got hope that will never die, that will never end, and that replenishes over and over and over. So I think that's true in a lot of situations in our life as women, whether it's with your children, whether it's in your marriage, 
Uh, you know, I told you that the other day we were talking about seeing someone uh, in one of the armed services who had tattooed go one more. I think that's the power of a woman's heart that she always knows I've got to go one more for my children. I've got to mm -hmm. go one more for my husband. I've got to go one more for my Lord and um, or for my neighbor, for my family, for my friends. And so I think the power of a woman's heart is that she sees a need and she responds to that need. And in that, she's changed. And if I could just right here, I want to say that I think a lot of people have given up and understanding and believing that there is always a way because prayer matters. Because we go back and we look at what we're seeing on the news and we go back and see, and I know we don't want to get into that, but we look at seeing that the brokenness of our world and we get discouraged. And so we think, does prayer matter? Can God even change anything? And what we don't really get is that prayer matters because it changes us first. Hmm. So we're, we're trying to think I got to pray for the whole world to be changed, but we got to first say change me. And that's where the power of a woman's heart comes in. If she's a woman of prayer, her heart's going to be changed. Her heart's going to be pure. Her heart's going to be open. Her heart's going to be willing. And God's going to use her to do things she just never even imagined. I've never imagined I'd get to do some of the things that I'm getting to do. Well, I, and sometimes what's so fascinating, and I, I know you know this, but uh, it's not like we went out and planned, hey, no. <laughs> I'm going to get involved with this with this particular issue, yeah. Yeah. and God's going to, it's just going to blow up, and I'm going to get all these up. Usually, it's been when we're tired, we're, we're, we're busy, we're way overcommitted, there's like 20 things we know we've promised or said to ourselves, we've got to get this done. And we're always trying to play catch up. And then a phone call will happen and there'll be somebody in hurt, somebody in pain yeah. and you stop everything. And, and I think this is supposed to be this way for all believers that our life, no matter how busy or how planned it is or organized, that it can be interrupted by a cry for help or by a, a knock on the door. I remember we were having dinner and uh, our uh, nephew, your nephew, and somebody that's very dear to us, uh, and we were really kind of blown away the message that he was calling with, but he had seen a girl that he had known in school, mm -hmm. and she was doing some things that he knew were not right, but then he found out that she didn't really have any choice in some of those. Tell that story. I know, I know you'll yeah, be you know, interesting, yeah. interesting about that story. And we, I don't know that, I don't think we were having dinner. I don't want to correct you, but I, here's what I remember so clearly. I had just had uh, open heart surgery and I was laying on the couch feeling like, you know, when am I ever going to do again? And, you know, I'm a little depressed. I'm home for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, how will God even use me? How do I get a chance to just be out there? And I get this phone call, you know, from my nephew. And he says, first thing he says to me was, I never knew. It wasn't my fault. I didn't know. And I said, what? And he said, she sat in class with me. Her sister was in class with me. I never knew she was being trafficked. And so now he sees her years later and she is trying to open a ministry for trafficked women. And so I had this opportunity to talk to her for an hour. And she will tell you to this day, that phone call kept her from quitting. 
not because I'm special, but because God knew she needed to be met at the point of her need and gave me the opportunity. So I say expect amazing, no matter what your circumstance is. Don't let what you see or even what you're hearing or even what you're experiencing be the determination of life, but always let it be the greatness of God and who he is. Always let it be that you can expect amazing, that he has good plans for you. And that if your heart's open, he will just use it and willing you willingly serve. Well, there are several of the hot plate issues in the political world, uh, highly debated this time of year with elections coming, et cetera. But there are some real needs in our nation. Uh, a phrase I use with our students at SLU is that the world is on fire. America is on fire. So pick a fire and use your energy and influence, try and help put out one fire. You know, we can't solve all the problems of the world. And so I've watched you through the years and it began with uh, uh, pregnancy centers. And one thing that's really angered me is folks that want to dismiss it. All you care about is making sure there's not an abortion. But I've, I've got news for folks that make that statement. That's really... Uh, yes, that's an important part, the, the sanctity of life, that precious life. But I've watched it through, from another perspective. I've watched you and those women around you and your friends and this team, these teams that come together of women, that you're involved with every aspect of that single mom's life, whatever her age, whatever her color, whatever, her, she may not be a believer, may not, you know, have anything in common with us, but yet all the different issues that come up, that's new start for single mom began with hurting mom with children and being forced to have a job. You didn't share uh, what that young lady was doing for livelihood at that, you know, but uh, and then, of course, so we move from that into whether it be foster children or whether it be women being trafficked or whether it be divorce recovery. Uh, so is there a common thread in that or is, is it just those are symptoms of what we do when our life's in pieces well you know i want to go back because you uh you said you know when you get an idea and i still start. think you were making dinner but that's beside the point maybe it's because i'm hungry today but anyway <laughs> uh, um i want to go back to something that you said um for me it has to be a call you know, and when you get involved with something, it can't just be because you want something to do or, you know, but even when you are moved with compassion, it's going to be difficult to go to the end and to finish strong, right? So when that call comes, you accept- Because it's messy. It gets messy sometimes, doesn't it? Right. And so you, you accept the call wholeheartedly. And when you do that, you know, okay, there's going to be some issues, but I'm making the decision to accept this call from God, whatever it is, when it was with single moms or, or whether, you know, our daughter started a pregnancy center when she was 15, folding clothes and putting clothes away. And then at 16, she became a counselor and now, you know, went on to get her master's. So 
um, you know, whatever the call is, get in there and let God use your life. And when you expect amazing, you're not worried about whether you can finish the job. You just know that he will. And that's what I've experienced. And so can I talk about She Loves Out Loud? I want to just get to. No, I want to. I'm saving that for the big finale. <laughs> right after dinner, we're going to talk about it. But uh, no, she loves, I wanted one thing, Deanna, and folks that know me well know that I usually operate without a script, yeah. but I wanted, I want folks to realize this ish, this uh, movement, if you will, she loves out loud. It's not just, uh, you know, hey, this is a cool idea or hey, let's try this. It's born out of genuine concern about what women are going through. Mm -hmm. And uh, the role of the church to be supportive of that and the role of women of faith that can absolutely change the planet. But let's take a step back. Tell us about where in the world did this concept, she loves out loud, how was that born? What were the circumstances in that situation? Well, that's a whole story. And it's an amazing story because it's not something I would ever imagine I could do. Uh, but, you know, we were privileged, you and I, to sit in the home many times with Bill and Vonette Bright, uh, who founded together Campus Crusade, and it was such a privilege to sit, and of course, always the subject was prayer at some point in the conversation, and Bill had passed away by now, it was uh, pretty weak, and I went over to visit her, she called me one day, and sitting there at the kitchen table, she reached across and she kind of grabbed my arm. I remember this and those bright blue eyes. And she looked at me and she said, Diane, gather the women to pray. It's the only hope for our nation. And I was like, okay, I mean, what do you say? You have to say, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But of course, I had no idea how to do it and kind of just let it drop because it was just, you know, how in the world could I do this? And so as I was reading her book two years later, I saw where she did something with zip codes. And I thought, well, we don't need zip codes. We have the internet, you know, we have social media, we can gather women. But in between, all of a sudden, we started going through this time in our nation where women became very angry and started to talk about abuse and that they uh, wanted revenge for this abuse and anger, that these were their two methods of healing that they could come up with, with revenge and anger and public shame. And uh, people just started talking about how horrible it was. I remember it was Madonna and um, Ashley, what's her name? And, you know, here they were, they're just uh, angry and, and ugly faced. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I looked at this and said, Diane, no judgment here. These women don't know what you know. They don't know the salvation, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy of God. The healing never, of God. They've never been healed. They've never found peace. And so this is the way that they cope. And what they need is prayer and women to come alongside and love them to hear their story and tell them about Christ and not to come in just as a judgment zone. And so knowing this was growing in me and just getting so big, but not knowing what to do. I invited six people to meet me at the Museum of the Bible at a conference table there. And it's kind of funny because I didn't really even know some of the people that were in this room. But around the table, the six of us sat 
And all six said, yes, I believe God wants us to do this, but we believe you're the one that needs to lead it. And so I left there again, like, what do I do? And so as I began to pray, it was like manna from heaven. I would open my computer, someone I never knew, pastor in California, that met woman in Dallas, who's a WordPress for, uh, expert teacher. All of these people, graphic people started coming on. James Robinson said, here's our studio and all my staff, Sheila Walsh came in, just began to help. And God just brought the people together. And we were able to reach about a million women, all 50 states on that day coming together as we told stories of women who had been uh, trafficked and who were finding healing, uh, abortion survivor, uh, depression. We went over all of these things. And People that have been in pornography and how that, exactly. what it had done to their uh, marriage and destroyed right. it. And, you were there. Yeah. And uh, we saw God do something amazing. And then two weeks later, COVID came in. And not long after that, as we were able to get started again, cancer came into my life. Well, we had just decided that the God was calling us to go global this time, that it was time to reach the women of the world, because many women have never heard the words, I love you. Many women do not know they are valued. Many women do not know of the love of God or don't understand that they can receive it, that they are worthy to receive it. And so we began praying about this and Bellevue women, Donna Gaines, what a privilege, what a precious sister with all they have going on. Donna had caught this vision with me in 2020 for racial reconciliation, did an amazing thing. They brought together 30 churches from around Memphis and they're still meeting once every month or every other month and praying in a different part of the city. It's just amazing. What's what that program did. called? Do you remember? Um... Well, her I, Rise to Read program. She yeah, Rise to Read. Yeah, where she's developed a thousand, or she's taught a thousand volunteers to teach children in second and third grade how to read. It's just, it's been phenomenal. But Donna, you know, took the vision for Global. She said, we'll host it. And then one more child just came along. And, you know, you were talking about uh, uh, keeping, taking care of single moms and taking care of trafficked women and, and taking care of feeding children and all of the kids. That's the place. And I would urge all of you to go check out their website because it's just amazing what they're doing and the thousands and thousands of people that they're uh, caring for. But they came in and they caught the vision, all of both of them going, God said for us to come in. And so together we're developing six continents with one heartbeat of prayer. And our speakers on November 5th are stellar, if I can use that word about speakers. Um, one of my favorite, I want to well, hear. Well, thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> there's no men on this program. What's... No, no men allowed. So Donna is writing a Bible study that will be free to everybody called uh, Real Woman Rediscovering God's Good Design. And that's free, and you're going to be able to get it when you've registered. And uh, then Carol Ward is a woman who simply said to God, send me where no one else wants to go. And she ended up in uh, Uganda and, and in Sudan and as a single white woman. And she actually is uh, helping uh, people who were kidnapped as child soldiers to find Christ and training them to become evangelists. I mean, her story is phenomenal. And of course the Green family, Jackie and all three of her daughters will be talking about foster and adopt 
the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and then uh, Jen Wilkin, of course, is going to be there and uh, talking about female bravery and the mission of God. So the day, and we have a trafficking survivor that was uh, uh, trafficked by Brian Epstein and uh, recruited by Giselle. So her story of healing um, is, is just incredible. And she's still on that journey. So we'll be praying over her during that time. So this is now unfolding. So go to shelovesoutloud.org, look at the program, register. Pregnancy centers are free. Students are free. I know Charles, I just saw that Charleston Southern University signed up. Uh, so universities are free. Plant churches are free and all international churches are free. And churches who sign up to register will pay a small fee that will help us bring in all these other people and they'll get more then they pay back in resources. So it's it's going to be amazing. And I know I've kind of been uh, a little preoccupied from my home and from my sweetheart uh, trying to get on. I'm still thing. waiting for dinner. No. <laughs> you probably are. You're taking me out, I think. <laughs> oh. All right. Now, Deanna, listen, this is, uh, I want to say a word to all the pastors. And I want to say the word a word to our denominational leaders, spiritual leaders, and uh, a lot of busy, a lot of busy men, because that's kind of my network. I'm privileged to, you know, have those relationships. Many of them uh, uh, have been real involved with, uh, there's always a way, and with student leadership and so many other things. But I want to just say, uh, I'm asking every pastor, that there are one or two women in your church, you can probably, many more, but you, you can immediately name one or two that you know have a heart for prayer and have a heart for those that are hurting. And this is a program that I promise you on this day that hundreds of women can get, gather together or it can be a small group. Some are doing She Loves Out Loud in their home. Yeah. You know, so if you want to host one of these in your home or in your church or in your Sunday school class or in your mission, whatever it may be, uh, I promise you, there'll be a lot of support. Everything you need to pull it off, uh, you can get very quickly. But this is a day where women, six continents, one yeah. heartbeat. Yes. Now, how did you come up with that? I don't know. We were sitting around and talking and praying, and I said, what do y'all think about six continents and one heartbeat? And everybody was like, that is exactly uh, what we want to do. So we literally are reaching out. Well, everyone will receive uh, their free uh, live stream in their language uh, within about two to three weeks after we complete it here live. And so, uh, but on that day across the globe, they'll be praying with us through the same scriptures we're praying. So this is a huge event. You got to go online to really understand it. But what I would say is it's so simple, so powerful. Open the doors, gather the women to pray. It's just that simple. And if you're not able to do a big promo and you're not able to do a big advertisement, just open your doors because this historic day, there are women who will come and be changed and there are women who will be watching, who will be changed. And so don't miss it. You don't want to miss it. Well, I tell you, Diane, you and some, some of the ladies you've mentioned are uh, uh, quite, a, quite a combination and quite a force. Uh, again, the power of a woman's heart. But I, I have to say, I was humbled because I remember 
in a very loud, crazy time in Washington, D.C., where everything had come to a standstill. And it was, you know, angry women uh, that were, I mean, everything had to stop because of what they went through, their pain, their hurt, et cetera. And I remember saying, well, all right, they want to have a rally. Hey, we'll do a rally. We'll bring in 10 million. You know, you know how uh, uh, some of us guys are. You want to play? We'll play. I mean, and I never will forget in your usual way, it was a rebuke. It was very sweetly done, but still it was a rebuke. She said, honey, you got, you got to know they don't, we don't need eight women, women, Christian women marching in DC. I mean, I mean, there, there have been times, you know, for the right to life March and in and, and the national day of prayer, you know, there are these moments, but what's going on right now needs to be met with uh, realization that they need healing from a lot of hurt. And that's not going to come by somebody trying to shout them down or giving an angry response or all the political uh, stuff whirling around. This is going to be women loving out loud other women. And that was a phrase, I, frankly, women loving out loud. Uh, I don't even know where that came from. I don't know if you know where that came from, but it just, I never will forget that moment where I'm going, Okay, well, never mind. We won't get 10 million, you know, but uh, but it, it, again, that's what I've watched and, and the Lord's really gifted you in this uh, to help women who have so much to say and so much to offer and women that aren't, aren't wasting their sorrows and not wasting the pain they've gone. I mean, because there's a lot of hurt out there. And, uh, and you know, we have all of us men, we have daughters, we have wives, we have grandchildren, uh, we have mothers that have been, uh, I mean, just the way they've been talked to and the coarseness and, and the sexual pressures and innuendos and comments that are made. Women go through things, I promise you that men don't, because we would want to settle that some other way. But women are oftentimes the victims. And that's what I love to watch Christian women. It's the image of the woman uh, washing feet, you know, and you care about women and you value them and you want to hear them, their pain, their hurt. But so this is a powerful movement. So I hope every pastor, I hope every man will share this with your wife, share this with the, the women in your church. And let's just get the vision out there for this international moment that God can bless. I believe Elijah rebuilt the altar, repaired the altar, and then the fire of God fell. And as I watch you, that's in my mind what I see you doing and these amazing women. And uh, you've mentioned several of them, and there are many women that have really go the third and fourth mile trying to see this she loves out loud be used greatly by god but i really just believe it's an opportunity for all of us let's rebuild the altar and it'll be amazing what will happen when the fire of god falls in the hearts of women all over the world there's just really no telling what will happen so i'm very proud of you diana I'm glad I can go without meals and make other sacrifices, but uh, 
I'm just proud of you, how the, the Lord's used you. Some days you didn't feel very well, and some days you had to go through some difficult times yourself. Uh, you've still been on the phone. You've still been at the on, online uh, corresponding, encouraging, praying with. So uh, I've seen up close in person the power of a woman's heart. So what else do you want to say about She Loves Out Loud? Just come join us. Don't miss this historic day. And babe, thanks so much for having me and believing in me and um, doing this with me today. And the date is? November 5th, live but, in Memphis and live stream on demand in Spanish, sign language, also across the globe, anywhere you are. So if you're in California, you can start at your nine o'clock, which will we'll already be on 12 o'clock, but you'll begin right with us at the beginning. So live stream on demand, it couldn't be any easier. No, no question. And I don't know if I've shared this with you. So if I have, forgive me, but I've, when I've heard you, you know, and I've overheard a lot of conversations where you're talking about she loves out loud and what goes on in the women being there for other women. But when you talk about the six continents, in my mind, I just see this wave because it's all the different time zones, you yeah. know, and all the different languages. You just did a deal on the Lord's they're Prayer. Be, they're all be praying in the same verses. And they'll it, all be praying with us in the Lord's Prayer. And it's like a wave, you know, with the yeah. different time zones, yeah. a wave sweeping across this globe of uh, prayer and, uh, yes, prayer uh, with tears and some heartbreak, but prayers of healing and praise. And, uh, and I think most of all, togetherness, women being there for other women. So she loves out loud. Now, us guys, we can be pretty loud, but I, I you got to hand it to the ladies. When they get loud, look out. So Thanks, God babe. bless you. Love you. You too. This is always a way. I look forward to talking to you next week.